I'm about to rattle some cages this morning. You know, the minister of the Lord does not worry whether we're going to offend somebody or not. We bring the Word of God according to the Word of God. And sometimes the Word of God can be quite offensive even to God's children. So I want you to think about this this morning. Does this message, does it offend me? Or am I blessed? The Lord's Word does one of two things. It's a two-edged sword. It either cuts asunder unto salvation or it cuts unto damnation. One of the two. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 21, we read these words, And you, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. If, if, that's not my words. Our Lord inspired Paul to put that very word exactly where it's at. God Almighty through His death and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to present you holy and unblameable and reprovable in His sight if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature. My subject this morning is grounded and settled. Am I grounded and settled? in the Gospel. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel. I'm sure some of you have heard this before. Such and such, so and so, gave a profession of faith at one time or another how many ever years back came for quite a while and then one day they just stopped and haven't seen him since last I heard I've heard a little bit about last I heard they weren't even attending anywhere not going to any church at all I worked with a man who declared that he knew the truth. Several, several years before I even started coming to this church, he went to this church with his family, some friends of his. And one day there was a, a division in the church over something minor and foolish. And a whole bunch of them got up and walked out. 
thank God that the minister stayed and continued to preach the truth of God's Word. Thank God that that minister was still here when John Reeves came that day looking for consolation from my brother Lee. And the Gospel was continued to preach. But when I retired, that man that I worked with still claimed he knew the Lord. And I asked him several times over the years that I worked alongside him, well, where do you go to church now? Oh, I don't go to church anymore. I, I just can't help but wonder in my mind, in this fleshly, weak mind of mine, is that being grounded and settled in the Gospel? We all know another man who spent five years or so with us. One day he just quit going to church. Was he grounded and settled in the faith? Do not many of us have someone in our lives who once professed to know God? Someone maybe who went to church for a while then left. Life got busy for him. Something came up. Couldn't be there. Some, uh, something happened. It doesn't matter. You put whatever you want there. Now, I remember one time my son or my, my brother had lost his son. Him and his wife had lost their son and we were gathered at his house. We were gathered at his house weeping over the sorrow of losing a loved one, supporting the family. And I got ready to go out the door and was asked, where are you going? So I'm going to church. It's Sunday. Where else are we going to find consolation? Where else are we going to find peace? Had no peace with anything else of this world. I loved my family, but it just wasn't bringing any peace to me at that moment. I had to come and hear the Gospel preached. I don't know why. The Lord just drew it. Put it on my heart. Go. Sometimes these folks who come to the church for a little while, it just seems that they have no interest in spiritual things anymore. The world has taken over. They rarely come to worship God and they have little interest in the Gospel. I ask you, can one still be saved and take little or no interest in true worship? Look with me again at what the Scriptures say here in Colossians 1, verses 21 and 23. It says, And you were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. That should be a statement that should just grab a hold of you if you're a sinner. That should be something that if you're a sinner, you, you God should just grab you a hold of it. Take you and shake you and say, look what, look what I brought you out of. Look at the grace by giving you unreprovable. By making you unreprovable. 
to present you holy and unblameable in His sight. But He keeps going, doesn't He? He doesn't just stop there. He says, If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel. You who were lost are now found. You who are at war are now reconciled. You who were separated from God are now holy and unblameable. If you continue in the faith. Not if you quit or fall out of the way or if you go back into the world. No, the Scripture says, if you continue in the faith. Folks, you have no right to a promise without the condition. How can you claim that promise to be yours if you're not going to keep the condition? You are to be grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel. Now let me read you some Scriptures. Put your Bibles down in your in your uh, laps there for a moment. I'm going to read some Scriptures to you. If you want to read them a little bit later, and I, I encourage you to, be like the Bereans. Don't just take my word for this. As, as I go through these Scriptures, write them down. I'll try to list them slowly for you. Write them down and look them up a little bit later. Make sure this is what these verses mean. This is what the Word of God says in Hebrews 3, verses 6, and it goes right along with the line that we're talking about being, uh, uh, being grounded and settled. True believers continue to believe is what it's saying. True believers do not quit. True believers do not leave the Gospel. Well, we may think we do at times. We may think that we're running off on our own. But I'll tell you what, the Lord will bring trouble into our lives and remind us that we need to come back to Him. In Hebrews 3.6 we read this, Christ is the Son over His own house, whose house we are, if, there's that if again, there's that condition, if we hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing firm unto the end. The end of what? The end of this life. Till the day the Lord takes us out. He takes us out of this world. There's a race to be run, folks. And we have to keep running it. Is the battle won? Absolutely. Everything is provided for us and our Savior. But that doesn't mean we just sit back and say, okay, everything's alright, I don't have to do anything. Also in the chapter 3 of Hebrews, in verse 14, we read this, we are partakers in Christ if we hold fast. If. If we hold fast the beginning of our confidence. Steadfast to the end. What's the beginning of our confidence? Can you remember when the first time you heard the Lord, the beginning of your confidence was in what? It is in that He is God. He's not a wannabe God. He's not a God who wants. I had somebody on Facebook the other day, oh, I wanted to jump all over this and just say, what do you mean your God wants? God of Scripture doesn't want. He purposes and brings it about. And He provides what we can't do. The 
the beginning of our confidence is the fact that we heard about a God in the Lord Jesus Christ, all the fullness dwelleth in Him. Hebrews chapter 10, we read these words. Paul says, The just shall live by faith, but, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And then the writer continues in verse 39, he says, We are not of them, we are not of them draw back into perdition, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, we read these words, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, John is talking about some folks that have left the Gospel. They have left the church. They have left the body of Christ. And John says this, They went out from us, but they were never of us. For if they had been of us, if they had been true believers and members of the body of Christ, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out that they might be made clear that they were never that they never were of us. No, no, they just quit. I wonder about this dear fellow brother, this dear friend, and he was a good man. He was a friend at work. But I wonder, was he standing firm on the gospel? Or had he left us because he was never with us? Because he was never of us? Folks, we're not talking about those who can't come because of work. We're not talking about those who can't come to church because they live a long distance from anybody that worships God in truth. We're not talking about those who have maybe a loved one at home that they have to care for. We're talking about the ones who can who can go without worship. Can you go without worship? I remember one time Kathy and I were over on the coast and we 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 were taking some time off away from the uh, the valley and we were over on the coast enjoying a little vacation and uh Sunday come along and we I, I want to hear something I want to hear something about my Lord. I want to hear something about His grace. We went to a church. You know, we got the yellow pages out and tried to find somebody according to their title of what religion they believed that, that would might come close to the sovereignty of God being preached. And we got there, and of course, it was a free will doctrine. And we read their little pamphlet. And it was just plain as plain, plain as could be, and what they stated their their uh, their creed was. So we got up and we left and. Uh, they chased us out the door, by the way. Where are you going? Where are you going? But, but put that aside. We went off to the beach. And I'm not sure if this was exactly that time, but I remember we went to a beach at one time or another, and we stopped, got out the laptop, found a Wi-Fi thing, and listened to Henry Mahan live while the beach, while the waves were crashing against the beach. We had to hear. My point is this. A child of God has to hear the Gospel preached. We've got to be either where God's people meet or where we can at least visit with them online or whatever the case may be. We're not talking about those who can't be here for work. 
where we're talking about the ones who don't have a need. The ones who feel okay with or without the sound of the Gospel. I'll tell you this, the Word of God is clear and plain. The next time someone comes to you and says so, and so many, and if so and so had made a profession many years ago, and now they have no interest in the Gospel, they've quit, they've gone out, they've departed, read that verse Read that verse of Scripture to them. And then you tell them that you don't have an opinion, but God does. This is God's Word, not mine. I'm not telling you you've got to hold fast. God's Word tells us we've got to hold fast. The Scriptures are clear. It says they went out from us because they were never of us. For if they had been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us. They went out that it might be made clear, clear, manifest that they were not all of us. Folks, the Scriptures are very clear and plain. They really don't need any comment from me. They are very plain and they are very clear. True believers continue to believe and those in the faith continue in the faith. They live by faith. That's our lives. That's the new man in us. True preachers are really concerned for the glory of God. If we were concerned for the glory of God, the truth of God's Word, the truth for our own souls, for our own spiritual well-being, and for the well-being of our hearers, we would go, we would quit going about crying these words, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Oh, that dear lady that we all knew is now in a better place. How do you know? She never went to church. Oh, maybe twice a year. She didn't show much uh, a love for God's Word. How dare somebody tell them that there is peace in that? There's not. We are either drawn to Christ or we are not. If, we, if we'll just deal honestly with the Word of God and have the glory of God in our hearts and the well-being for our hearers, we'll preach this. We'll preach, we'll preach repentance. We'll preach conversion. We'll preach faith in coming to Christ. Folks, these things that God's ministers preach are not they are not a once-for-all decision. You don't just repent once. You repent continually. You're not just converted and then you're another person. You've been converted and you will be converted all the way to the end. It's not an emotional experience. Faith, repentance, and conversion are a state of the heart, a state of the mind. And it continues in those things. A man who truly repents keeps on repenting. A man who truly believes keeps on believing. A man who truly is converted and comes to Christ keeps on coming to Christ. There was a day when the Lord had just fed a whole bunch of people. And He preached to them. He preached to them that 
they must eat His flesh. Not literally. Spiritually. Coming to the Lord's table. Remembering that that bread, though it not be anything, is a, is a picture of what Christ gave for us. Christ preached Christ. Where did I lose myself? Oh, here we go. Sorry about that. There was a great multitude around him, and he fed them all, he preached to them, and then he made them angry. He turned to his disciples afterwards, after he made the group angry. After they had all went away, about 5,000 of them, he turned to his disciples and he said this, Will you go away? Will you go away also? Peter said this, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe. We believe You. Where else can we go? We believe and we are sure that You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. God's disciples find all they need in Him. They find all they want in Him. They find all that God requires of them to be in Him. And now they say this, where shall we go? We have nowhere else. Folks, listen to me for a moment, will you? What a wonder it would be if preachers would sound this note. But they don't and they won't. And most aren't going to. The Word of God reveals this to His people. Salvation is not a head knowledge. It's not something you can get by sitting down and just reading this book. There's a lot of people who know the words in this book who have no idea of what salvation is. God's Word reveals that salvation is a union. Christ is the head and we are the body. We are co-heirs with Him. He is the groom. We are the bride. It's not just an acceptance of doctrine and facts. It's not just changing your lifestyle. It's not changing your living your personal growing, your lifetime union. It's, with the, it's a union with the Son of God in Christ. The Scripture says this, He says, I in them, this is in John 17, and thou in me. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When Christ who is my life shall appear. Is, isn't that what Scripture says? Christ is not the most important thing in my life. He is my life. Is He yours? Paul wrote these words. He says, I am dead to the world. I am crucified to the world. I am dead and buried. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Does Christ live in you? 
This is the key to being grounded. Grounded and secured. Grounded and steadfast. This is the key. Is Christ in me? Christ is not a fire escape. He's not an insurance policy. He's not someone that I'm going to grab a hold of just before I slide down from this world. Christ is my life or He's not at all. I ask you this morning, is He yours? Don't stand up raising your hand and say, I can tell you. Answer in your own heart. Salvation is not acceptance of religion or lifestyle. It's a union with a person. It's a new life. Those who are saved have been saved. They are being saved and their salvation is nearer now than than when they first believed. Are you grounded and settled in the faith? Is Is it the faith of God? Faith according to Holy Scriptures? Our Lord's Word is clear. Redemption, salvation, eternal life is not a decision. It's not a once and for all emotional experience or just accepting some facts or changing your lifestyle. This redemption and salvation is a new birth. You must be born again. It's a new creation, a new man, a new life, and a union with Jesus It is Christ in you and you in Christ. There is no way to go back. There's no other place to go. There's nothing to go back to. The old man is crucified in Christ. The old life is dead. The old creature is gone. We are dead. And that is is what baptism is saying about we died in our Lord. The old man died I was alive, but now I'm dead. I'm buried and I'm risen in Christ to walk the newness of life. There is no going back. There's nothing to go back to. Four times in Scripture, it says these words, the just shall live by faith. It also declares that we are kept by the power of God through faith. That's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. This is what's being said by that. A dead sinner, a lost man or a woman or a child is quickened, given life by the power of God to acknowledge their sin and their need of Him, their need of a Redeemer and His need of a Mediator. We are brought to see that we were lost. We are convinced of the depth of our sin. See, that's the difference between the Pharisee who walked into the synagogue, walked into the temple and said, I'm glad I'm not like that man in the corner. But the man over in the corner, all he could do was get down on his knees and beg for forgiveness. We're brought to know the need of a Savior. I'm not just sin from my little fingers and what they do. I'm sinned from the top of my head all the way through my soul, all the way out of my feet. Everything I do, don't ever put me on any pedestal. Don't put any pastor on any pedestal for we are just men. 
And I know that happens. Don Fortner was brokenhearted over people who put him up on such a pedestal. And look at it now. He's not coming to the conferences. Look at all the people who don't show up anymore. The Word of God's truth is still being preached here in rescue, yet our numbers are small. Because those who left us were not of us. They were not grounded and settled in the faith. After being brought to a knowledge of what our sin is, the depth of that de de deprivation, the new man looks to Christ. God reveals that Christ is His righteousness. Christ is our sin offering. And through Christ we have forgiveness and eternal life through His life and death before God. You see what I mean about Christ being our life now? Is Christ your life? Or are we just walking through? Are we just walking through the motions? Can I I gotta get up and go to church today? I gotta get up and go to church. It's Sunday. Or are you here this morning online or in person because God has given you the desire to hear about Him? <clears throat> the man who's had his sins revealed to him and that through the righteousness of Christ there is salvation. He looks to Christ and he believes Him. By faith, he is justified. By faith, he is redeemed. And by faith, he is accepted in the Beloved. That person who does such receives a new heart, a new nature. We are a new creature. We now love the things of God and we hate the things of the world. We now love the things of God and we find His rest, His peace, and His joy in the Lord. It's not just talk. It's not just saying. It's an experience. Do you find peace in the Lord? If you do, then you will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I ask you again, are you grounded and settled? What I'm saying is this, what are my priorities? Are the things of this world more important to me? Or is my Savior my life? It's not a matter of going back. It's a matter of growing, actually. It's not a matter of leaving Christ, but loving Christ more. There is no question at all about turning back. The question is now is how much of the Word do I discern and lay a hold of and understand that I might grow more like my Savior? Kathy, could I have a glass of water, please? I'm about to cough. <coughs> Pardon me. I want to show you this before I close. I'm going to wait though because I really need a drink. 
I'm sorry, I got something tickling my throat really bad. <coughs> I forgot to bring myself water. Lord help me not to forget, not to forget that from a your pastor friend you come. Thank you, Bill. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. I want to show you this before I close. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted or experienced that the Lord is gracious. Have you? Have you tasted? Have you experienced? To whom? To whom coming this generation says this, to whom I came. This is not what Peter says at all. He says, to whom coming. Did you catch that? To whom coming. You might say this, oh, I repented. I repented back in 2004. Gave myself to the Lord. Do you mean that you're not repenting now? Ask yourself that question. Am I repenting today? Am I on my knees asking for the Lord's forgiveness for what I was thinking earlier about how I'm such a person thinking more of myself than I am? Am I repenting now? Oh, oh, I once believed. Do you, do you not believe now? Do you not still believe? If not, then you never did. As newborn babes, it says, newborn, newborn. What, do you, what does that mean, newborn babes? New, think about this for a moment. Newborn babes. We are born of God, is what the Scripture says. Now you may say, well, we're all born of God. Well, we all come into this world by the power of God through the birth between the mixture of the seed and the egg, man and woman. That's true. But it also says that we all come into this world spiritually dead, doesn't it? To be born of God in the Word of God means to be spiritually born. We are born... See, that's what salvation is. It's a new birth. We are the sons of God and we are born into the family of God. We are born by the Spirit and the grace of God. This is not a decision. It is a birth. You are born of God as newborn babes. That is the children of God. We are not masters understanding all things. I'm not a master. I'm the least of anyone who should be standing in a pulpit. I didn't graduate from anything. But Paul says this, he says, I, have apprehend, I haven't apprehended yet. He hasn't got it all yet. I haven't apprehended. I haven't received everything that the Lord has for me yet. And we're not going to until the day we stand with Him in heaven and understand everything. He says, I have not apprehended. I have not... Uh, 
I haven't apprehended yet. I haven't laid hold upon that for which I have been laid hold by Christ. In other words, I'm not perfect in the flesh and I haven't arrived to where I'm supposed to be yet. I'm still just a baby, just a child. Children need to grow, folks. If you have a child who's not growing in stature and in mind, we take him to the doctors and check on him, don't we? They got to mature, learn. They're being taught, taught as newborn babes. As newborn babes, children have a desire, don't they? You leave a baby. Ask my granddaughter this. She's got a brand new baby, just about a year old now. Be a year old next month. But she still cries out when the when the when the bottle's not available. She'll let you know she's still hungry. Are you hungry? <laughs> Do you have a desire for the Lord? Oh, thank God for giving us that desire for every one of us here today. Know that we didn't have that desire at one time. Lord, do not pass me by. Have you ever been hungry? Little mouths work all the time, you know. They just want nourishment. They want milk. They want food. And that's the way God's children are. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop for the rest of the week because we've had a nice meal on Sunday morning. I get up every morning. I don't know about you folks. Kathy wins breakfast ready. The Spirit is the same. You get out of bed in the morning, Lord, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for You. I'm hungry for the flesh of my Savior who gave Himself for me. With You know, the Son was given. That was our title for our Bible study this morning. The Son unto us, a Son is given. God gave His Son for you and I. Does that make you hungry to feed on it? I do. I want it all the time. I'm as a babe feasting on the milk of my Lord. It's the way God's children are. Children's food, the children's bread is the Word of God. That's how we grow as newborn babes. It says a newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. If so be that ye have tasted it. Well, here's the question. Here's the question that we need to ask each other. Ask, ask ourselves, I'm sorry. Am I grounded? Am I grounded and am I settled in the Gospel? 2 Corinthians 13.5 Familiar words to each and every one of us. Examine yourself. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ in you except ye be reprobates? <coughs> Turn over to the 26th Psalm. And we'll bring this to a close. Sorry about that. Don't mean to clear my throat in front of you. Psalms number 26.
Over in 2 Samuel, the last words of our dear brother David. He said, Even though my house be not so, the Lord has made a covenant with me. (laughs) Oh, the promises of God, are they not wonderful? I know the flesh is painful to be in, but the knowledge that my Savior has all that under the control and brings it all about for my good is so wonderful. I can imagine I can imagine how desperate I would be in today's world if I did not know the Lord. If He had not given me the confidence through the gift of His faith to trust in Him. It makes me almost come to the point I can understand why somebody would take their own life. Yet praise the Lord that He has given me the gift of faith, the gift to believe, the gift to believe in His works, who He is, what He's done, the power of my Savior Christ Jesus. Look at verse 1. Psalms 26, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. What integrity do you have? I have the integrity of my Savior. There's no confidence in this flesh. If the Lord hasn't proven that to you yet, may He prove it to you soon. And if that's not enough, may He continue to prove it to you over and over and over again. I have walked in my integrity, the integrity of my Savior. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. (laughs) Our pastor, Gene Harmon and his wife, love to include in every conversation I have, I'm just waiting for the Lord to take me home. What confidence He has. What peace He has in dealing with the degradation and the the failures of this flesh. may not be able to walk very far, John, but my Savior has my day marked. And that day is coming soon. I shall not slide. Verse 2, examine me, O Lord, and prove. And prove me. Try my reins in my heart. That's talking about the new heart. The new birth. The old stony heart that said, I will not have this one rule over me, has been cut away, removed. And a new heart, a heart that is willing to come to my Savior and say, Lord, I need You. This is the heart to try. The heart that You have given me for Thy loving kindness, it says in verse 3, is before mine eyes. And I have walked in Thy truth. And I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in the dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. 
I will wash my hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house. That's the, t- that's the, that's the church. That's the congregation. They called out those who have been called by the Lord. I love to meet with my family. Even if all it is is through a camera and a microphone, I love to meet with my family. Pastor Gene says once again, five times this week, John, tell my brothers and sisters I love them. I love them and miss them. Verse 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of Thy house and the place where Thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with the sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place where where in the congregations will I bless the Lord. Are you grounded? Are you settled? Are you settled in the Word? Or are you just out there in the world flailing around playing with religion. Only you can answer that. I ask my my Father, my Lord Jesus, be with each and every one of us this day who Your Word has gone to. Help us to examine ourselves. Am I in the faith? Lord, am I in the faith? If I'm not, do whatever it takes. Take me wherever You need me to be, but bring me, bring me to the feet of my Savior. Amen.